Hey everyone, and welcome to Waiting to be Signed, the show where we reveal the week's events on FX Ash. My name is Trinity, and I'm joined by Will. And before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of FX Hash. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter, at Waiting to Sign, to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week, or for those who prefer visual language, on Instagram, at Waiting to be Signed. If you're feeling generous, we are always accepting token donations at our Tezwald address, waitingtodesign.tez, and we will also release all of the notes for this uh, week's podcast as an FX text article with varying price tiers. So if you want to support the show, go through, buy an article. It helps make all of this much more sustainable into the future. And with that, good morning, Will. Good morning, Trinity. How was your week? My week was good. How was your week? Uh, my week was pretty good. It was an exciting week on FX Hash. It was an exciting week in Magic Spell Slingers. I made it to Legend. Congrats, man. Yeah. You get basically nothing for achieving that. So, but you know. Do you feel good in your heart, right? Um, For a minute, yeah. I liked the deck that I played to get the, to that last push. It was a very grindy mid-range that is only exploitable by like one or two decks in the meta people who really commit to playing hard control, which is not super popular on the ladder. So it's kind of like being the biggest creature deck in a, in a mostly aggro and mid range format was, was the idea there. And it worked. That is the meta. Um, if your yeah. creatures are bigger than their creatures, you will win every time. Yep. You just have to stabilize. I'm glad that you were able to win in a way that feels genuine to you. Yes. I had done some grinding with like very aggressive decks like mono red and stuff to, and I, I got some quick rank that way, but to really push through the end, had to go back to trusty mid range. I love mid range. Uh, I almost played the league of legends game, but every time I tried to find the time to sit down and play it on the couch with the baby, it was like, Oh, it's like, it takes 15 minutes to play a game. I can't commit to that so i'm very close now that i made legend maybe finally this will be the week that i play <laughs> aram is pretty fast and depending on if you know what you're doing and you, the opponent doesn't know what you're doing the standard 5v5 can also be quite fast it's okay all cool. games are less than 20 minutes excellent so well i'm looking forward to it and then maybe if we do oq i don't get stuck playing jungle every time even though it's not bad i like jungle that was i was actually liking it my main is ADC, then jungle is my second preference, but I never get to play ADC. That's got to be a contested role. People people like to do damage. Yeah, I'm getting better at it. Got to auto attack, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, that is game talk for the week. <laughs> that was game. I mean, we don't have any time for game talk, to be honest. It was such a, such a dramatic shift from the last few weeks, it felt like, um, both in the amount of art like noteworthy art release and also in the market sense. And I guess the one big piece of news, it's kind of weird to call this news, but we had a notable collector essentially fire sale their whole collection. Their remaining collection is like five pieces right now. Two RGBs awaiting an Afton number one. Awaiting an Afton number one is pretty good. That's pretty good. A Z and a Calmer Waters. When I look at Calmer Waters, I really enjoy it. I think it was a really small edition, right? It was uh, airdropped, I think, too. It's also been flagged. Oh, yeah. I wonder why it was flagged. Uh, interesting. Not sure. 
Um, I yeah, we should have well something we could have asked Liam about on the interview we had <laughs> we released this week was what why did this get flagged? I'm sure if we looked in the scam report section, or we, we could see um, search it up. But so the the account dev.eth, I'm not even sure how people figured this out, but started accepting offers on much of their work, and then more offers came in, and it was kind of just this cascade of sale after sale after sale uh, in the middle of the week that kind of concluded overnight last night, Thursday night, with Lamonds coming in and buying all four GMs at 25K each. So a dinosaur piece, <laughs> Lamond was willing to pay for them and, and got all four added to the museum. I was worried there for a second because we didn't have a GM sell this week. And normally yeah. GM just sits at the top of the marketplace for like in terms of volume. volume, yeah. volume. Now <laughs> it's, it was at zero and now it's back on top where it belongs with 100,000 tests worth of sales this week. So, yeah. So that I mean that was crazy. It made me feel like shoot, I wish I had some Tez in my wallet to make some offers. There was a tick that went in the two hundreds and like a defrag one that went for forty-five Tez. Which is like, insane. A loom for three hundred. Everybody was just putting offers in. The offers got higher and higher until he finally accepted. If you look at uh Dev's history, it's just offer accepted, offer accepted, offer accepted. We don't really know what's going on there. I'm not going to speculate what the situation is, but I hope all is well with Dev and hope they're enjoying their pile of Tez and are going to put it to good use. For a minute, I was kind of like, okay, so they liquidated a ton, but they're holding some RGBs, they're holding some GMs. Like maybe they're just going to mm-hmm. keep these few like true grail pieces because that would be like a move, right? Like I'm just going to keep like my my eight grails and, and sell everything else. But to see the GMs go, it makes me feel like truly everything is on sale. <laughs> Everything you know? is on Excel except for the flagged calmer waters. Yeah. Best of luck to dev. Maybe they'll be back someday. But let's hope. I guess the other interesting thing that's happening kind of right now is another live event in LA, the wrong side of uh, America for us to visit, unfortunately. <laughs> but it's okay. It's the first time that FX hash has done a live minting event or I think any event with in the United States, Europe has been getting all of the love and Hong Kong, I suppose, and Mexico City. What we're talking about is the Bright Moments event, which is being run in conjunction with FX Hash and also Tender played a role in curating some of the art that's on display. So I would expect probably we'll see on social media soon between the FX Hash and Tender accounts, like some pictures of the event and what they're showing. And then they're doing a live minting experience with with friend of the show, Peter Pasma has a very, very cool project that you can see up on FX hash right now, but unfortunately it's for live mint only. And that piece is called industrial devolution. <laughs> Go ahead. You say industrial it. <laughs> devolution, hundred pieces, 600 Tez fully reserved for people who are live minting. And we got to see some videos of what that, like that live minting process is like, cause it's not just live minting. It's also plotting. That's crazy. Right. It's like people at the event, they get their hash, they get their piece, and then the piece is being plotted like right next door to it. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. As of now, 32 of the 100 have sold, which considering it's a live minting event and it's 600 Tez, that's pretty big, actually. That's huge. Yeah. That's like more than I expected at this point. Though LA is also a pretty big city and there are people there who have a 
you know, disposal income <laughs> as well. So I'm sure this Seth has gotten four of them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I guess it wasn't limit one per customer. <laughs> I mean, if you're paying 600 tests for it, plus the event ticket, then why not? Right. Yeah. yeah. It'll be nice little quad tick. I don't know how to say quad, quad tick. Yeah. It's not a trip tick. It's more than that. So another cool live event. I know that there's going to be like Art Basel, Florida in December or January, whenever that is, or Miami. You'll so probably go maybe, maybe we'll see. Especially if I end up taking the remainder of my parental leave around then, that would be the right you time. You really pushed that late. That's what I was recommended to do. Really? Hold Just it. push it towards the end of the year? Well, I did. What did I do? Like seven weeks or eight weeks in the beginning, kind of slightly staggered. And I still have five weeks left. So some of my coworkers who had kids recommended to me like, yeah, break it up. Like, because when the baby is a bit older, they're more fun to hang out with and play with. Like when they're starting to crawl and you can like kind of do stuff with them. Cause truly for the first three months, they're just lumps. Like they really don't do anything. <laughs> like they barely even smile and acknowledge you. It's kind of a. It's bad for the ego. It's like hitting le- It's like hitting legend. You have this big birth moment and then yeah. you just kind of feel down for the, for the rest. Of the- it is actually kind of weird because you, I think you expect, right? Like that, that you're going to have the baby, you love the baby, the baby's going to love you. But when the baby's only three weeks old, it's as far as I understand, actually really technically can't see yet anyways. It's like you feed the baby and it's not going to give you this big smile. It hasn't even seen you smiling to like understand the idea of doing that kind of emote, um, you know, emotion mm-hmm. or emoting. So you do just have to like be a robot basically and just take care of it and you don't get any kind of positive feedback from the baby for a while <laughs> just it's kind of a bummer actually <laughs> you're just kind of like come on dude just give me a smile like let's high five fist bump anything <laughs> yeah anything anything to acknowledge that you are enjoying this care that you're receiving but it happens eventually and then it's pretty cool that's the grind you just have to get there yeah that is the grind you have some amount of thankless hours put into okay we have so many projects I know, but did you want to talk anything about industrial devolution other than that four people collected it? I guess now is the time that we should talk about it because it's it's kind of a weird one since we can't mint it. So I think it's an insane drop. (laughs) It is insane. You know, this is like Peter Pasma, like the stuff he was releasing on Instagram. That's like, this is just a one of one because everything is hard coded, but it looks insane. And when we talked to him, he was like, well, projects like that, they're not going to come to FX hash because they're not long form ready. And they'll just never be long form because you can't guarantee like outputs. But I mean, this is pretty much there. It's wild. I mean, it's not just how cool the outputs are, that they're plottable and like kind of the the level of detail and structure. But also, of course, Peter, like he showed how much code there is. It's like none, right? (laughs) He has no code. (laughs) It is under 4,000 characters, not lines, like characters of code. With no P5, it's just pure JavaScript, I guess. I don't know. It's super, super cool. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. You just have to go look at these. And I'll say like the one funny detail is when I see the, uh, a lot of them feature this kind of like spiraled Mm -hmm. piping. I guess they're kind of, yeah, they're these industrial kind of like almost like they're in a sewer or in, in, in a weird corner of a factory is kind of the vibe. But for some reason, I get like a, you know, like a, like a spiral notebook, like yeah. spiral bound notebook. 
which to me is kind of interesting because if you kind of think of them as sketches, right, and you might have sketches in a notebook, like I kind of find that detail to be charming, but I don't think that's the intention. <laughs> I, I assume it's supposed to be like pipes. some sort of cooling tube, you know, so oh, it's yeah, like the longer coil. it wraps. Yeah. yeah. And then if that you assume that sense. like the thing that it's wrapping around is like very cold or something. Yeah. I don't know. You can kind of make up your own story for what's going on in the factory. So is this the best Peter Pesma release on FX hash so far? I think it's between this and Hyperdraft. I think Hyperdraft is if you want like more purely abstract and color, you'd probably go Hyperdraft. But this is probably more of a insane technical achievement because Peter mentioned he hadn't optimized the code really for Hyperdraft, right? So I think this also personally, like the the use of like the shadow and the light and it feels a lot more emotional to me, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it's also like less purely abstract. So I think I like it so much. And I also enjoy the fact that it is reminiscent of some of like Peter's top work, I would say, that was released as like one of ones or like edition pieces. Because like to me, this is like, this is his signature style. Well, not that anybody has a signature style, but. But this is the thing that you associate with him. Yeah. I mean, it's like his like his ray tracing thing, right? Or his ray hatching algorithm. And I think that he's used that in some of the prior projects, but this is like, to me, it at its finest. And it just hmm. draws so quickly. It's so effortless. I think it did crash my worst laptop, my work <laughs> laptop, but maybe that was the previous one. He, he did reissue it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to look through and figure out which one I like the most. And I think... I like the way number 28 that Seth minted looks. I like I like the um, object that's kind of passing through or sitting in the tunnel and kind of trying to figure out how does that play into mm-hmm. whatever's being built here. It kind of reminds me of Monotal's Omega Point in a way because I know that when we looked at Omega point and talked about it. I was like, this just feels like a bunch of different snapshots and angles of like this same giant thing, like in this giant structure. And I feel the same way about this piece by Peter Pasma, right? Because it's like, we're getting all of the different angles. Somebody's doing a photo shoot at this like industrial site. Let's get it around this corner. Let's get it around that corner. Let's get it like head on. It's very cohesive that way. Also, you get that feeling a little bit too from Planet Error, right? Like especially the ones that show you a little bit of an angle. Like it's a very cool trick to play with art like this, I think. It's like present the mm-hmm. impression that there's much more happening. But what you're seeing is just a slice of the scene. And then when you're doing it in a generative way and where you're actually releasing 300 of them or 100 of them or however many, you really get to kind of explore it fully. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really interesting like way of exploring an area as well as the algorithm. So, yeah, so great one from Peter. Yeah, amazing. I wonder if we'll see more plottable pieces like this from him in the future, or if this one was just a ton of work and he'll never do it again. I mean, he knows it's only going to be a hundred, and they don't need to get shipped. People are picking them up because it's live. Yeah, I wish Uh, I could get one. Seth will go home with his stack for Seth. Reach out. Yeah, if you you only have room for three, let us know. Or you can send your in-laws to go. 
Oh, yeah. No, we're not going to do that. It's too complicated. <laughs> okay. So should we do donations and then keep talking about the projects? Yeah. Donations are back this week along with the market. We got a The Saddest People Alive from Andre. Calico Jack sent us a Quibibi piece with a unintelligible name and a polycircle composition still unnumbered. From M. Soriaro. I think, I think both these of those were are the Henry Union weekend, right? Yeah, from the Henry Union weekend. Because oh, like the Kubibi one kind of spells out Hen Reunion in between some other noisy numbers and letters. Paper Buddha sent us two of their paper mandala drop from last week. Fojibis sent us a yard sale by Punavir. Matt W sent us an eyeshadow roses by Sarah Ridgely. Fritter 4 sent us a Delicate Void 13 by Lisa Orth, a piece that she put up on Objects, which is uh, like kind of a black and white version of um, Ask Me About the Dimensional Shift. And Macintosh sent us a good dog, uh, their drop from yesterday. So fun. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, as always, for the donations. And thank you to everyone who has been minting our show notes as well. That is also like hitting legend. Every single time somebody buys a show note. Yeah, you get a little more rating. <laughs> a little bit more rating, and then I think it's the um, the dopamine boost, Yeah, right? I mean, I know it's um, it's not like they're selling like crazy, but I, I at least as long as you're having fun doing them, <laughs> yeah. please keep putting them together because they do look awesome. I think as people discover them, they're, they're seeing like, whoa, there's actually – it's almost kind of like a newspaper of sorts of like what happened in FX hash that week, right? Like complete with all the images and, and stuff. So yeah. yeah. And the whole interface it's, I would say it's actually pretty, pretty well done, especially for something that is MVP. It's kind of like notion in a way where it's like you're building up different blocks. So I've been playing with it, mm -hmm. working on an article about all the various like artists and projects that incorporate generative sound and music and the one quibble i have right now and it could just be that i haven't figured out how to do it is that i can't like drag and drop the blocks around uh -huh. so if you have a piece of text and you want to move it somewhere else you have to like copy it delete it open a new paragraph in between and like the ui animates like as you mouse over each segment right it like highlights it makes me feel like i should be able to just click and drag and, and, and swap these two things that are adjacent and you can't do it. What you can do is you can compose it in like a Google doc or something and then copy paste and then add in any headers or like, cause it'll treat each paragraph as, as its own block. So you'll be able to insert things in between the blocks. Oh yeah. That that's fine. No, yeah. no, I totally get that. Like it is nimble in its own way. It's just kind of missing that tactile. Like if I have two images and I'm, looking at the flow of them and then I decide I want to flop them. Yeah. It's not like I can just drag one below the other. I have to delete one and reinsert it in the position I want. Yeah. So it's a minor, it's a really minor thing. I would recommend anybody who hasn't played around with it actually just go and do something, make a gallery even, and just talk about projects that you like. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we've seen some people do that with projects that haven't minted out yet. It's, it's cool. I like the Tezos interface. You put the line at how much Tez I could generate off of this at 20. So we'll Max. challenge. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, 
Now I'm going to raise the line because you talked about it on the show. <laughs> okay, so what's the new line? <laughs> I have to think about it. Okay. Um, you can say, we can say it privately so it won't... Uh, that's assuming I ever release it too, so... Now you'll know. release it for sure. Well, we'll see. I have no, no timeline for that, so no promises. Okay. All right, let's do projects since we have so much. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly talk about one of my favorite projects for this week, and it does tie back into sound projects as well as bright moments. And what I'm talking about is actually not even an FX hash drop. It is Rituals Venice, which came out on Artblocks over a year ago. <laughs> it's uh, a piece by Aaron Penn and Beretta. It's I first heard about it around the time of the Armory Show in New York. I met Emily She, and um, she was talking about how she ran into this piece at a gallery. They were showing it. They just hand you headphones you put them on mm. and you're just staring at a screen and i guess it came out and you know she was looking at this during a hectic time in life which i can relate to and it was just the the calming sound of the piece just made all of that go away it's sort of like takata in a way but much more of like ritual yeah very serene very soothing just very grounding. The visuals are fine. I like the visuals, but for me, it's all about the sound. I actually just played it for like 16 hours. <laughs> like the other day, I just had like AirPods in walking around the house listening to this. And I just wanted to shout that out because cool. it's just an amazing piece. Yeah, I, I heard about this project, I think, last, maybe at the beginning of the year, whenever I first put out like the sound deca. Yeah. And someone mentioned it to me and I checked it out and like, you know, it's a little out of my price range, but yeah, it's very cool. I, and I think the visuals are actually pretty cool too. And there's a lot of variety to them. So yeah, great pick. <laughs> Sorry, FX Ash fans. <laughs> oh, I don't really have a favorite this week because there's just so much good stuff. And I think between shout outs and the top five, we're going to talk about all of it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think with that, like, let's just go right into the top five. And do we start at the, with the most obvious one here? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, T. Boswell is back this week with a release called September 365 editions. It was a Dutch auction starting at 85, going down to 25, minting out between the 37 and the tier above it. So most of it went at 37, hugely flipped didn't matter <laughs> the project there was a plenty of appetite amongst collectors to eat up all the volume from the flippers um so 272 have sold already wow insane only 57 left on the market so under 20 percent now i minted i sold what did you sell it i sold it at 150 okay that's the floor right now so that's pretty good yeah, except i had a black background so there's only one black background listed right now and it's listed at a thousand. <laughs> I don't think, I think that's a very ambitious price. I don't think it's going to sell there, but um, understandably, right. I got nervous. Like I was hoping to mint more than one. I was only able to mint one because of how quickly they went. And I just saw, okay, black background. I saw a ton going on the market. I saw them selling in the 40 to 50 range initially. And I just said, okay, like maybe someone will pay up for this black one 
threw it up at 150, got bought within an hour, and then the sales just kept happening and happening it's crazy. and happening. And happening. Yeah. So, I was so surprised to see that. It was like 50 to 60% on the market. Yeah. And not, but, not surprised to see it because the work isn't great. Just surprised to see it because it's rare that even great projects can overcome that amount of flooding of the secondary, mm-hmm. right? And this project is really good. Let's not detract from that at all. I mean, this is like a very interesting progression from Tyler, kind of taking those same um, watercolor palettes that he's been playing with and finding new ways to chop them up and present them. And it does a little bit of a like anti-cyclone thing for me. Interesting. I was actually going to say that, you know, it's, and you already mentioned that it's a good progression from Tyler's work. It does seem like a natural progression from uh, his prior piece, Assembling Machine, which really also heavily used the use of more like the watercolor look and feel. But I'm looking through uh, Tyler's uh, list of projects and it's just hit after hit after hit, you know? Yeah. For us, at least, first came onto the radar really with Fracture back in February. And then, you know, obviously Hydrangea and Patchwork was, I think, a free project, right, that came out towards the end of beta that everybody just went crazy on and, you know, is maintaining a floor 4.8, which is great for a free project. It's infinity value. And then really taking off with the Tender Club Love from May. It was one of the first tender collaborations and that piece is just insane. Tyler is so talented. It's crazy to see like this trajectory. So he had an episode recently on arbitrarily deterministic and he's an, he's an artist who is code first, right? He was, mm-hmm. he was very like straightforward on that show. His, his background is in coding and he just decided to start playing with art and despite, I guess, not really having a ton of artistic practice to draw from, he just has taste. Like he just has something in his brain that is able to come up with these compositions kind of despite, you know, not being someone who's been plugging away in the art world for dozens of years. It's exciting. (laughs) It is exciting. It's like mind boggling. And some of these, especially like, I think he did a really great job balancing out the kind of like rare features, which are the differently colored uh, background pieces of paper. So like the one I had, it's a black background, but then there's some that have a yellow background, some that have a blue background. They actually feel very natural, like in the collection. I think maybe the blacks stand out a little bit, but like the blues and the yellows you kind of have to look a little bit to find them. They add a, some slightly subtle character to like number 197 that Lamond has is really, really nice. I'm a little bit sad that I was kind of in a position where I had to sell mine because I couldn't get two because this is definitely a project that is looking to be tightly held <laughs> by uh, yeah. the people who have scooped it up now. It's absurd. I mean, I didn't get the chance to try to mint any um, because work calls. Mm-hmm. Always. Um, or I was playing League. I'm not. Hopefully you got to give me your keys. You just got to <laughs> trust me. You just got to give me your keys so I can mint for you. Yeah, seriously. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I would trust you, actually. 
Hey, um, you, you have the keys to the waiting to be signed wallet. So, <laughs> you know, that's is, true. Clearly there's trust. <laughs> I own a KGM. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like scrolling through the collection, it's just really, really nice to see this fully laid out. You can see that there's so much detail and variety with the way things are broken up. It's really beautiful. Like it doesn't feel like there's any repetition if you know what I'm saying, just between like the different colors, like the different paints, like the way that they're balanced between different pieces. Like I'm looking at number 84, which is the white background, but is heavily blue. Mm. And it's just really pulling from that particular, you know, palette range versus ones that are, you know, a little bit more rainbow or just relying on different colors. And so I just think it's, it's really fantastic. And some even just don't even have circles at all, like number 58, which feels almost like um, one of Tyler's earlier projects where it's yeah. way more, like it's just more geometric, but in a, um, like a squarish way. In a right angles kind of way. Right yeah. angles and triangles, yeah. I mean, wow. I'm excited to see what some of these look like printed. Let me say that. With a good enough quality printer to kind of really capture this watercolor the vibe that you get from them and that quality, these could be insane. Well, it is approved for printing through tender. Oh, perfect. That's an excellent printer. <laughs> but this is such a nice piece. Yeah. It's insane. Oh my God. Sorry you missed it. It's okay. Like the floor is like it's coming down. Coming down a bit. It was flirting with two hundred. It's at one forty nine now. Or earlier this morning it was down to one twenty. A couple got bought. So you know, there is room, right, for people to kind of realize, like, hey, I tripled, maybe I will list. Like, there, there's room for it to come down, but there's also there's also clearly appetite amongst yeah. collectors to keep putting these together because they go well in multiples. Like, you know, you can see it really easily. That first tranche of people who bought at 37, probably almost all of them sold theirs. Mm -hmm. So That's they, true. They've, they've made their initial profit, and so yeah. anybody who wants to list and sell after that they're going to have to, you know, obviously reach up higher to get mm. that multiple. Well, congrats to Tyler. Another great drop. Just the momentum continues to build around his work. You know, I think our next project also speaks to that, um, all of that really fun, like physical aspect of the work. And that is uh, Lineage, which is a collaboration between Maxwell Inked and Twisty. So Maxwell is a like a drawer, right? Who's known for <laughs> an, making an illustrator, an maybe. illustrator. Yeah. But you know, he hand draws all of these pieces, like with like the solid firm line and, you know, is known for that style and has been really heavily collected and loved in the Tezos ecosystem for that particular style. He did the styling for this and then twisty has released a lot previously on FX hash came in for the code part and really translating that style into code. Yeah, this is kind of the first thing that Twisty has released, I think. For a while. In even, oh, since, since Sunder Hills. Was Sunder Hills in? It was beta. Beta. It was February. Beta in February. So I remember, if my memory is correct, that Twisty was a student and they used to be pretty active in price discussion as well. And I think they mentioned that they were like, gonna have to take a break because of school 
I might be misremembering that, but hey, the school uh, year just started again. But yeah. I mean, maybe it was the it was a summer project. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I might be conflating that with another person. But it's yeah, it's it's cool to see Twisty back. You know, they've been around collecting and stuff, but mm-hmm. they just weren't making art. We've seen other collaborations taking someone who's does digital art but not generative and pairing them with someone who knows how to do generative. And this is like taking someone who does hand-drawn illustrated pieces and then trying to adapt that style. Mm-hmm. And one of the funny parts about this was, uh, so some number of them, I think um, Tim Maxwell was like, I'll, I'll hand draw up to 10 of them if they look cool and they won't be too annoying to draw <laughs> where, where his, <laughs> I don't, so I'm not really <laughs> sure how he picked or if people submitted and said, I think mine's cool and not annoying. And he said, okay, I'll try it. But so that, those are the criteria, you know, that's kind of appealing, right? Like that you I might get it. not just a print, but you might get a hand drawn one and maybe he'll open up and do more in the future. I think it's, it's a really cool idea. I wonder if 256 might've been too many. Clearly, that hasn't scared people off and people really love them. To me, I find some of them to be a little too similar. But Mm -hmm. also, I understand that if there was going to be this idea of, well, they need to be executable by Tim potentially to hand draw them, then there's probably like, that probably restricts the parameters in a way of how they have to be drawn by the code and composed so that he can best mimic them. So I think they worked their hardest to to get the diversity they could here. What, What do you think? I agree with what you're saying in terms of overall diversity. A lot of them seem to be, you know, plays on going through a uh, dark tunnel and like a very mid 90s video game style, (laughs) which I think is really cool. But it's then sometimes you pan out to look at the broader collection and you see ones like number four, which is owned by Twisty. And they are so different it it just it kind of breaks it up so much I in like a don't weird way like those. i don't like though i think those are supposed to kind of be rare variations they definitely yeah i definitely don't like them as much as the more traditional variations in the mix it makes the collection feel a little bit more weird but you know there are other like different variants maybe not variants per se but you know interpretations i'm looking at number 37 which again, it's the same thing with like, there's like that use of perspective, Mm -hmm. but you actually see them meet more in the middle. It doesn't go far out into the distance. It's just ends. And I I like that. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Similarly, 38 right next to it does a similar thing of kind of like terminating without showing you the hall. And like, there's this kind of wobbly sort of organic quality too, to the movement of, of the hallway in places where it's a little bit warped. It's not just straight lines. Mm-hmm. And so so getting capturing that in code is, you know, not trivial. And I think the other one that really speaks to me right now that I'm scrolling through is number 51, which, you know, most of these pieces, they just do like the, the straight lines across. And this one is actually broken up with a section that is not horizontal, but like vertical or almost like the grain of wood. Mm. and the use of light and dark and shadow there to me that makes it stand out a little bit more yeah and there's like some sort of moir patterning in the sides of the walls so yeah that one's a very very nice one 
It might be too annoying though to draw it. Yeah, definitely too annoying to draw. <laughs> um, just like that's that's a no. I love the idea that it's subjective. It's not like if you mint at the top tier, I will draw yours. No. I think it's a, it's a cool, ambitious project. I'm glad to see an artist like Tim try to bring their work over to FX Hash. It's cool to see. This would have easily been the winner of the week on the secondary if it weren't for like mm. September. I mean, that's how big this week was. Like it just there were so many projects that just crushed it on the secondary. It's like I feel like there's a few that we're gonna shout out that in any of the last four weeks would have easily been been huge, yeah. In the top five and like winners of the weeks in terms of the attention and and market presence. Also for anybody who's interested, you know, on Versum. He has a um, an edition piece. It's 333 editions. Like right now, it's being sold for about four to five Tez. And that is just, it's a really nice token. Hmm. I'm going to put it in the, the notes in case anybody yeah, put in the notes. wants to take a, a gander. Half hand-drawn, half digital. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, there's some marketplace limitations aside. Should we time travel back to Friday of last week? Yes. <laughs> to talk about our next drop? Yes, let's do it. So Willard is back with Ordinary Places, 300 editions, Dutch auction uh, that started at 64. And I couldn't quite tell if it ended at 32 or 16. Uh, I think probably the bulk of them sold at 32. Mm-hmm. And Willard, we last mentioned them for their project Southern Gothic that had that huge price movement after the fact um, as it got swept up to like the 100 plus range. Unexpectedly. That was just insane. I mean, deservedly so, but unexpectedly. Unexpectedly because it it is such a kind of a outlier type of piece for FX hash, but I think people figured out what they liked about it. And Willard took this a similar approach here, but with a different artistic style. I think you you know a little bit more <laughs> about these art styles than I do, but so so maybe, yeah, let's pass the baton to you, Trinity. Talk a little bit about what we're seeing here in Ordinary Places. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a clear progression from Southern Gothic, which was very much around, like, a rural town way back when, way, way back when. And Ordinary Places is really inspired by, I think, think more of Americana from like the 50s and the 60s. So, you know, think semi-rural gas stations, water towers, drive-throughs. There's still some barns in here, which is interesting. But, you know, my mom grew up in a rural place that had all of these things, including barns. And so it makes sense. And, you know, it is just a desolation of landscape in a way. And I really enjoyed that part of it. You know, when Willard posted a excellent Twitter thread around the creation of this piece and actually calls out direct inspiration. So there's a photography project called Water Tower and a different photography project called Gas Gasoline Stations that were referenced. Gasoline Stations is um, a photographer, Ed Rusha, who released a book of you know 26 gasoline photographs of, of gas stations taken in LA in 1963. LA, I guess, was still sort of new back then. I don't know my (laughs) West Coast history as much as I should. But, you know, it's really speaking to that, that kind of golden age of like American history. Yeah, you got the gas stations, you got the bus stops. 
Like, you remember that time when we were in Maine, the fire at night? Yes. Yeah. And I had, like, this vision of Claire as just, like, a slightly older man, like, sitting on a stoop smoking, wearing, like, a gas station overall thing or, like, being a car mechanic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like, that is this time. That is this time. Totally. That This time, this setting. I like the aesthetic of these a lot. Mm -hmm. I was watching this one, sort of. I was also like doing other things and editing because it came out right after we recorded. And I ended up missing The Mint, which was unfortunate because it would have been a great flip target for sure. It Mm -hmm. blew up like crazy after it uh, came out. The prices have cooled substantially since then. But the one thing... I've noticed, and I don't know if this is intentional or what, but sometimes I feel like the individual elements can get a little overly stacked one on top of the other. In particular, there's probably even a more severe example of this, but like number 48, the way the water tower, the barn, the gas station are like so in alignment and then the... Yeah, I was noticing this as I was flipping through it, and it was the one thing that kind of like when you contrast it to something like number fifty-seven, which is just like so stark and lonely and effective in how minimal it is. That was just like the one thing that kind of stood out to me of like, oh, that's kind of feels like those need to be offsets in some of them. Like the elements need to find a little more space between them. Yeah. You know, I'm not familiar with like the photographs and the reference. So maybe that's a aspect of the influence, like taking some of the influence from these actual projects. And I think the ones that include the gas stations and the barns together, I feel like the juxtaposition is a little bit odd to me because, you know, driving through rural Pennsylvania, the barns are usually pretty far away from the gas stations. <laughs> like the gas stations are centered around more like hubs or towns and then it's the windy back roads to get to the barns but that's me being factually nitpicking is the gas station intruding upon the space you know there could be that element of it this is embarrassing to admit and i don't mean any disrespect for willard (laughs) at first i thought that the gas stations with the sign i thought they were like bus stops and that was like a bench yeah me too Oh, well, because there are some bus stops, aren't there? I don't know. Or are they all gas stations? I think they're all gas stations. Oh, because the sign is huge compared to the... Oh, yeah, they do all say gas. Yeah. I think it's like an interesting play. You know, I like the gradient backgrounds of some of the sunrises. But I do kind of feel that aesthetically speaking or like emotionally speaking, I think that Southern Gothic hits a little bit harder. From a consistency standpoint... Southern Gothic, but I think the best ones of this, to me, like I vibe with them more than the best. What's the best one to you? Putting you on the spot here. This is not the exact one, but it's similar. Number mm-hmm. one thirty nine, something like this, where it's so very minimal, like the blocking of the colors, like the the night sky, the background, like the foreground road, the gas station, and just like the few little crosses like to me like that just the starkness of these is more effective Mm -hmm. just for me for like my personal taste 
and also the colors. Like I think there's something about the quality and saturation of the colors in these that I prefer to Southern Gothic overall. But I, I do agree that I think it's Southern Gothic is like more consistent because at the same time, like I really don't like the ones that show the water towers and then the water system below it. <laughs> Did you notice those? No. Oh, there are some that have like a cross section of a water tower and then they show you below the ground, like the water pipes, like number 103. They just feel really strange to me. I don't really get what that detail is trying to do. And then it, it just doesn't feel right. There's also one further below that is like also a play on that, but with the cemetery. And so it's actually shows the people. It just shows a, a skeleton. Oh. It's a 238. Okay. I didn't notice that one. And I, I, I'm not sure if that's a barn or if it's a, uh, it is a barn. It could, with the skeleton below, I could say it could also be a church. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. 298 has a skeleton in it too. Yeah. It's just kind of weird to yeah. me. And I feel, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about those little oddities. It's a rare feature, right? Right. Um, but I mean, that's an example of like a rare feature where I'm like, why? Why? Like other than for the sake of putting in a rare feature, because maybe there's an expectation in generative art that you have a rare feature. Like I, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of in a place right now where, where I want those rare features to feel like additive and not yeah. just random for the sake of being something that someone might pay up for. Yeah. The skeleton underground, for the record, is not a feature at all. It's not under section cut. It's also not under a cemetery. It just happens to be in a couple of them. Okay. But it's not called out specifically, which is pretty cool. That is what we call an Easter egg of all Easter eggs. But yeah, cool project. Um, it's hovering around the mint price of like 32. So floor is currently 33. Mm -hmm. um, which I, some of the more minimal ones are in here. Like um, the floor. Yeah, I actually the like the floor, floor one. Yeah, it's minimal. But now that you've pointed out that like the sign is bigger than the <laughs> the gas station, I'm kind of like, yeah, what is going on there? Well, that's so you can see it from the highway. Okay. Oh, it's kind of like a, a like a billboard. You think? Yeah, yeah. You have to want you want to be able to see the gas prices so that you know if you're going to pull off this exit or not. I'll just assume this is rural Pennsylvania. I feel more of like a South Dakota vibe. Maybe I haven't driven through South Dakota yet, so. Well, Willard is back. Let's see if if they continue on this style. Uh, I'm, moving forward, or I'm maybe fan. we'll see a divergence. Who knows? Should we move on to the next one? Yeah, and this next one is by um, Gipitombo, and this project is called Elo. It was originally 256 edition Dutch auction, starting at 74 and going down to 26, but it sat at 26 for a little bit, and Gipitombo um, communicated on Twitter that they were going to burn it after the next hour or so. And so it got eventually burned down to 84. 184. 184, yes. Which is pretty cool because it's something that helps reward the collectors who've took that chance. And the floor is over double mint, sitting at 54. On the communication, so the, the burn was communicated after it came out, right? After it came out, yeah. Okay, so because it, it was kind of like stalled a little bit. It was it was getting it's it was getting minted, but it wasn't like it didn't mint out in three blocks or four blocks. It was no, it so probably wasn't just, going to mint out. Uh, I mean, it was it, it had stalled. I think personally, if he had given it 
a few more days it would have minted out. I mean, it's easy to say now seeing what happened to it after the burn, but yeah, I think it was a little premature given how cool the project is. Like let it, let it cook. Like let's do its thing. Yeah. This one is really, really cool. It's a great week for colorful lines (laughs) and abstract weird stuff. What do we have coming up? Like, yeah, Crash Euphoria, like in some of the shout outs. I mean, there's a lot of interesting, colorful plays on lines and segmenting lines and crisscrossing them and not really sure what caused everyone to to go in this direction recently, but it's a very, it's a, it's a trend that people seem to like. <laughs> Agreed. And I think we kind of see these movements um, go in parallel, like trees was a big one that everybody did. And people still obviously release trees. We have one in our shout outs, but it's just kind of interesting to see like the hive mind go in different areas. But when it comes to like languid drippy lines that are going things and just with this color, like this is a really nice one. I wish I had minted. I was feeling very test poor, so I didn't. Same. This was on my list like of things to come and look at after today because there's so much releasing today mm-hmm. after the sh- after the show of course <laughs> uh like the new yazid and the new flins uh there's another project called midlife crisis there's a zancan coming out today in addition to the piece so it's just like i have all, have all the stuff after i see what i can mint what i can't like i was like totally would have gone back and minted one of these because they look incredibly cool like incredibly incredibly cool i really like the way the piece plays with tiling lines like sometimes connect sometimes don't connect there's a lot of these wispy bits of texture that come off of them that also interconnect or kind of show that there used to be a connection somewhere and overall it just feels for someone who came into the platform right doing a lot of representational stuff originally like Mm -hmm flowers trees the industrial project like seeing their pivot into more of this abstract type of work you know from my personal taste i enjoy this a lot more i think this is probably their best project (laughs) it does have the second highest floor of out of all of their projects if that's worth anything the only thing that's higher is the first iteration of bougainvillea Mm. which they have those two projects so they're split floors the floor on one is 78, the floor on the other is 40. Interesting. But it's even sitting above their uh, collaboration, Morning Mist. I feel like Morning Mist, that is a project we just haven't seen anything really. We see some sales here or there. Have I still we? think it's, yeah, we have. I still think it's really nice. We have one. Or I, I know have we one. have. No, I'm not saying, I'm saying it's like, I just feel yeah. like it. it got a little bit lost yeah the, the last sale was an offer accepted five days ago of 30 tes someone named motoko kusanagi sold it i'm going back prior to that yeah for some for whatever reason i feel like this one just got forgotten we should have put this in news but this past week we also hit twenty thousand projects on the platform yeah so i, <laughs> I think that not getting forgotten is going to get exponentially harder moving forward especially if we start to see an, an uptick in the um things that luckily are we remember everything we so do and we talk we about can, everything yeah 
so we can re- we can remember projects like this when we when we do our episodes. Yeah, I think that this project is actually like a really nice comparison to September in a way. Like obviously they're very different. I don't mean to be making you know comparisons across two projects that came out the same week. I mean, it's just because they came out the same week that we're comparing them. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of like the variety in like composition, use of color and like that rare use of different backgrounds, I think that they are similarly well done in that perspective. Very different, but execution wise, excellent. I mean, I think there's definitely a universe where if these two projects have been staggered a little further apart, Mm -hmm. then you wouldn't have maybe seen collectors picking one or the other, or at least that was kind of how it maybe appeared in the short term. And maybe that's what caused the burn. Carpet DM went in on this. Abosh went in. People found it and really liked it mm-hmm. and wanted to get it. So, and I, I mean, like I said, I want to mint this one. I fully intended to come and mint it probably later today. Can't do that now. I a hundred percent agree. Like, in terms of diversity, in terms of the use of color, I think it's very of a very, very similar quality to September. Yeah. And it, but it does some really different things that I appreciate too. Like where mm-hmm. September is like really about kind of almost maximizing color in a sense. This one plays a bit more with emptiness and some of the wispy textures and hand-drawn like line elements that are kind of going on in the background. Like there's a lot of nuance to each of these. You know, a lot of them have more of like the drippy lines. I'm looking at number 90 right now, which is so different from some of the others in the collection where it is more focused on like the thin lines, like it's much more matte. When you have something like this to help counterbalance some of the other pieces, it's just, it's just good. I I don't have the words to describe it. It's Friday morning. (laughs) But even like 89 and 90 as a side-by-side, like if you owned both of those, they're such nice compliments to each other. You know, one that's more filled, more colorful, one that's like a little more sparse and like texture-based. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of really fun diptychs or triptychs you could build out of this project. Also, there's some some that are like much more curvy, some that are more angular. Mm-hmm. Just an awesome project from GP. If I had to make comparisons for this one at all, not that we need to make comparisons. Some of them, like the darker backgrounds, they remind me of some of the symmetric clues. Yeah, I was by just abstractment. Say, like 144, if you would, that could totally be a clue. Yeah. Or a symmetric clue. Yeah. Um, and I think the other one that kind of comes to mind with the way that it's constructed is one of your old favorites, Osmanum by robin yeah um like very different of course but i think when it comes to like the tenuous connections between different parts of the piece it makes me think through that yeah very very different but i can see why you why your your brain will put them together for Mm -hmm. sure and this is why we do the show so we never forget anything never forget (laughs) the day that osmanum ran (laughs) Best day of your life. Yeah, that was so fun. Anytime things are on, it's fun. Come on. It's very fun to watch. The floor is holding around 54, so a little over double mint. Only 33 of the 184 listed, so we're just around that 20% mark. It's only been a day, but those are pretty healthy metrics for like the price probably not going down too much, I would say. 
it's being held by holders, right? Like that's the thing with this little mint that then gets burned is the people who bought it, like quote unquote, took the risk are people who genuinely were interested in collecting that piece. Well, I mean, 69 of them have sold. <laughs> so some people definitely did decide to flip it in the end, but that's just the nature of FX hash, right? Yeah. Should we move on to our last colorful abstract line piece of the week? Yes, let's do that. Rounding out the top five. Does it feel good to return to a proper top five? Did we even say that this was a top five this week? I don't think we did. It was implied. We have Chris McCauley with Crash Euphoria, 256 editions, a flat 10 Tez to mint. And this was Chris's first experiment into building a piece with shaders. Yeah. And maybe this was because of the number of uh, the difficulty of getting projects to load (laughs) that he had had seemed to have overcome, right? The last few projects loaded well and were capturing fine, getting signed. But nevertheless, here we are with, with a shader project and it's pretty wild. Yeah, this is like a really crazy cool project that, you know, it has a good looking thumbnail, which actually I do expect from Chris at this point. You know, all of the projects have been just pretty standout. But then as you actually look at every single piece in the collection, it's just like, wow, that's cool. We, wow, that one's cool too. Um, it's really fun and diverse. It is. Lots of interesting color combinations here. A lot of diversity in the construction of the pieces. We minted one off of our podcast wallet reserve, right? Yes, we got a black and white one. That's awesome. And I, I had a was given a reserve, I think probably for collecting some of Chris's work recently. And the one I got, which I do have listed, but maybe I'll unlist, is number 224. And it really uh, reminds me actually of Giant Steps. Yeah. It came out. <laughs> it's yeah, very yeah, yeah. cool. I minted it and ended up listing it because I was thinking maybe I can sell it and get a little more Tez for today. But then I ended up, for the first time in a while, ended up buying some Tez in anticipation of today. I put in some money. Yeah. it's. I want to try to get a Yazid. I want to try to maybe get one of those black and white Zancan pieces. So this could be unlisted by the end of the day, but I think it's a pretty cool output. Yeah. I mean, it's always be listed. Like that's the motto. But I was trying to think of like... um, yesterday what some of these remind me of not that things need to look like other things but it's like very like silk screeny in a way but it also with the shapes and colors it makes me think of circuses is that weird uh i mean it's not weird if if that's what you think (laughs) it doesn't make me think of circuses but that doesn't mean it's weird Maybe you can, do you want to expand on that or is that, we're just going to let that one hang? It's like a psychedelic (laughs) circus thing. You know, just imagine like dream state in the big top tent. There are especially some that um, do this more than others. I'm looking at number 13 right now. Uh, That was the one I was just zooming in on. I was like, maybe this is what she's talking about. Yeah. Where it's like the way that things expand out from a center point, which like if you're looking at the top of a tent with the lines and then it's just kind of colorful zaniness all around you. So again, very much a dream state type of thing. I can imagine that if you were doing drugs, these would look weird in like a good way, but in a very 
weird way. Maybe some of these like, could be almost like black light posters, <laughs> you know, that you, you go into your room, you turn on the black light, you ingest some substance and then they kind of light up and you take a look at all the groovy patterns, man. Like the ones that like that spiral out from the center points, those are so cool. And I also really like the ones that are more patchworky. I'm looking at number 110 right now, where it's like just different sections of lines that are woven together in a certain way. A lot of what Chris has been doing recently, as I think we've said, took a bit of a break uh, after beta, but it's been coming back strong. And now incorporating shaders into his work. Yeah. He's going to be more powerful than ever. And apparently, I, I don't know if it happened. I saw him tweeting that he was going to do a live stream coding event where he was going to like, I don't know if he was going to code a project start to finish, but just like live stream on Twitch actually coding. So like different from what Raph does, like literally just yeah. like building a project. I doubt I'll be able to see it live, especially if it's already happened, but I would love to watch and see a little bit of what it's like to see someone make a project like that. That's a really, really strong top five. And we have a, a, honestly, we could have probably done a top 10 this week because some of the projects that we're going to be shouting out are certainly on any typical week would have been in a, in a top five. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Like how dead it was for three weeks and now all of a sudden it's like everything. Like to the point where we were making recommendations to like, don't release artists. The market is so bad. If you want to like get primary market. Is it a blip? Are we back? Like, I don't know. Is it just variants? Is it just like sometimes like there's art, sometimes there's not as much art? And sometimes people are collecting and sometimes they're not collecting. I mean, last week there were a lot of really great things that were put out. It was just the, the quote unquote primary success wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Right? That's not to speak anything to like the quality of work. It's just nobody bought anything. <laughs> Maybe it was the success of ordinary places and then lineage because lineage came out last weekend right mm -hmm. or earlier in the week maybe having a few and also like other drops like so let's start with shout outs to like ostinato right by pixel yeah. like 300 editions five tez i honestly thought this was going to be in our top five this week yeah same based like on performance like based last on performance weekend. like also based on quality just like i was like this is awesome like pixel is going to be in the top five this is an amazing project also a recent interview guest on arbitrarily deterministic so go check out pixel wank there and learn more about him and and what he's all about with his art but such a wild cool just explosively diverse project it was kind of like a slow burn mint right it kind of minted yeah. out over an hour or so and then we just saw like a really healthy amount of action on the secondary. I guess the point I'm trying to make is like we had a lot of great projects come out early in the week, get a little yeah. amount, amount of healthy action. Did that kind of like flip a switch in people's heads of like, oh, things aren't dead. The market's back. I'm not, I'm not sure. God, I'm just looking at Ostinato now and uh, looking at it from a collector's angle. And this is like a, like the diversity and the craziness here is over the top, like major shout outs to Pixel. Mm -hmm. But even like the, the collector base, like people went in. People went in. Some some tenders went hard on it. Yes. There are a couple of people with 17 plus pieces. Lamond has nine. You know, when you 
somebody buys nine of your work and then goes and buys four GM like a couple of <laughs> days later. Like mm-hmm. that's that's good. I got number seventy, which is pretty sick. Yeah. It's very full compared to a lot of them. Okay. And it has like a black frame. It it kind of has like what you might think of as traditional abstract art vibes to it. Whereas others are I don't know, there's just so much weird diversity in this project. Yeah. It's wild to see. And when you hear about how he makes a lot of his work from his phone, sitting at his job, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like wild, this, the stuff that he comes up with. So definitely a good listen. Yeah, I, I still need to take a listen to that episode. Uh, I'm falling behind because I'm not a podcast person except for... Except for making it. <laughs> except for making it, ironically. Well, who else should we shout out this week? I wanted to shout out Wood Scoot Daily for one of their daily drops this week. It's their 24th. It's called Sustainability. And it is a, a tree. It's a landscape. But considering that this is just part of like a daily project series where they're just dropping project after project for like one to two tests per mint, I think that this is incredibly cool and well done. Yeah. Like In my mind, this is probably one of the top tier tree projects I, I, I think we've seen, you know, just in terms of the style, you know, it's not just when you look at it load, like there's this fabric woven texture to the piece that again is like sort of similar to like, you know, some of the Yazid work that's coming out tomorrow, like the Barb Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it's, it's sick for like a two testament. I agree. I mean, I'm not into trees, but some of these are really cool. Like number 44, stylistically, I appreciate that it's kind of like not just a tree, but it's kind of like a take on a tree, right? Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of, or even number um, seven, how the right half of the tree just kind of like it's blowing up and extending in a way that's kind of unrealistic. Like I actually kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, Same for number like 15 how the trees kind of just keep growing and expanding. You know, it was two Tez, the floor is currently 250. I would make the non-financial advice recommendation just to pick one up. There's a really cool like neon green one at the floor, number 93. There's a very nice natural triptych, 27, 28, and 29, where the terrain even almost lines up and they're the same palette. That's kind of a really nice coincidence. They're not for sale, unfortunately, and they're not all minted by the same person, but that's pretty cool. I love these daily projects, I have to say. Yeah. It's just such a good exercise. I saw on Twitter, though, from them that they were kind of starting to feel down because they're releasing the work daily or near daily, and they're deliberately pricing it low that they're noticing a lot of the work is getting bought up by bots, like opportunistic flipper wallets and... I think that's starting to like bum them out a little bit. I mean, it means that they're probably getting sold quickly, which, you know, if you're selling fast, that's just the natural cycle. Like flippers will be buying those projects. Yeah. Pure collectors who aren't trying to do this to make profit, they're going to be less engaged with the platform from like a minute by minute perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that tracks not everybody's going to be right there when it mints uh, or when it unlocks. So it sucks to be down about that. The only way around that, if you want to offer your, your 
daily experiments at a cheap price and make sure they go to people who want them. You'd have to kind of try to engineer some kind of like reserve list, but mm-hmm. then that's going to be really difficult to do on a daily basis. It's like who gets what reserves. And, yeah. And I mean, so there's not really a great solution for pricing your work affordably, making it cool, but then also not letting someone who has like 10 wallets on a script, like yeah. monopolize the mint. So I mean, yeah, it's tough. I have been doing a good job of increasing the prices. Like the first daily outputs were, you know, 30 editions, half a Tez, and then but going up to 120. To <laughs> okay. That's, yeah. So, two Tez is still very low. Yeah. I mean, if you're making like 240 Tez a day, um, through your daily projects and sketches and stuff. I think that's really good and admirable and, you know, very lucky. All right. We got to keep moving through the shout outs here. All right. All right. So next shout out, another project that I thought absolutely was going to be in the top five and one that I was super gassed on last episode is Entropes from Kamau Kamau and Ian Wright collaboration. Mm -hmm. It was 128 editions, only 20 Tez, which felt far too low. The project was a little bit delayed because it came off of art jail and was disabled and both artists had to log on and sign. One of them was camping. Enable it. Yeah. One of them was not reachable. So it was a few hours delayed. It took a few blocks, more than a few blocks to mint out, but it got minted out, which was super surprising to me. I thought this was, maybe it was because of the delay that it didn't go as quickly as it could have. We got a nice DM from uh, Kamau kind of giving a little background on the project and the collaboration. And the long story short is that they're working on a different project and they got a little stuck. And so they started working on this and came up with this idea of doing something with subdivisions and boxes and, and these types of color palettes and just kind of like wanted to kind of reinvigorate their creative process, right? By, getting something out, getting something done. So simple rectangular division algorithm and just playing from there. And I thought this piece was going to really blow up. You know, I think I said as much at the end of the last episode, you know, it minted out, it got uh, a little bit of price action, a little bit of flipping, didn't go nearly as crazy as I thought. I think it's a cool piece overall. I'm super happy to have minted two of them, but yeah, I I'm a little surprised that it didn't take off in the same way that a lot of the other projects did. I don't know. Do you have a take on it? Yeah, I thought that this was really cool. I know that we've seen some of like this packing structures before and it's, I think somebody called out that it it is similar to some of the other work that's come out recently. Um, The Nibswit. Nibswit's Impressions of Order. Yeah. And, you know, I can see where that person was coming from a little bit, but I love this a lot. I, I like the ones that have like more of the, the more vibrant, brighter colors. I, I'm into two dark ones, which has been the theme for the week. But you know, <laughs> I think the texture, like the relative like imperfections of it, it feels like something I would buy that was handmade. You yeah. know, and like I think there's just a huge amount of quality within like the colors and the textures specifically. And I really love it, especially the bright ones, as I said. Of the two that I got, I got one that's like this really cool blue and red with a little bit of black that's called the Homework Palette. Yep. And that one I really like. The other one that I got that I don't like as much 
is called the toast palette. And it's kind of just like orangey, dark red, brown. Yeah. Although it does have a nice little square of yellow in the middle that's kind of like a piece of butter. <laughs> Butter's delicious. I like the seltzer palette the best. That's what it's called. Um, so. Yeah. I got one of the the homework palettes as well. And then I got one that is called Eclipse, which is just really dark dark red with black and white mm. but it has a really low packing density and so it's like super like closely knit together which is cool i have both of mine listed to trade into a seltzer but we'll see we'll see considering the story of the project right i think it's like a very fun like well-executed piece i really like the project a lot and i'm excited to hear that there i don't know if there are other project that was actually like coming to fx hash but they're working on another project together that is like more longer term. So, but it's cool to see them come over to the platform and put something here. Yeah, for sure. All right. What's the next shout out? All right. We got to go through these shout outs faster. We're <clears throat> coming up on time. I know we got to keep going. Um, I want to shout out Pepe XYZ, AKA EDG for um, their symphony re-release. So they didn't burn symphony or it wasn't flagged or anything, but they released a new version of it that has the better thumbnail and it's just a free mint for people who were holding symphony yeah i got mine i got my two i love it yeah that was really cool to see i'm gonna shout out ari's thread by wage do another colorful abstract lines project that uh if you remember back to impending cloth, like that was their first drop, then Ocho Sohos. So just another really, really cool and different project from this artist that I considered minting and then it minted out on me. Oops. <laughs> so I didn't get to it in time. I, I kind of got some, especially from the thumbnail piece, I got some kind of fragments of a wave vibes from it. All the outputs are really cool and just another interesting artist to keep watching. Speaking of, New artists. This artist is not new. Um, and I want to shout out Nat by uh, Dangle, who released previous projects such as um, Unicorn Cotton Candy is the classic. Love Unicorn Cotton Candy. You know, Nat is a small edition, 100 uh, pieces at 10 tes each. And it is uh, generative work that is based off of a photograph that they took um, from a distance, like uh, looking at a town at night across the water and just like the lights that come out. So yeah. and it animates very gently. <laughs> There's not a ton of diversity in here though. You can see why it's a hundred editions, but it's really well done. It's fully generative. Like it is fantastic. It reminds me a little bit of that Mandy Brigwell piece from some months back mm, that I mm -hmm. shouted out. Yeah. I can um, see that. Got to shout out Jared's again for another new project, Outland, that kind of felt like uh, spiritually connected to their last drop hereafter in terms of the way it was constructed and the colors and stuff. Still a few available to mint on that one. I still have to claim my reserve. I'm just waiting until after I go on my spending spree today <laughs> to do so. Plenty of reserves out there if you haven't gotten the claim yours yet. Go check. I think I'm just going to have one last shout out here, which yeah. is Sketch F by Ipsketch. Um, nothing really big to shout out here. Just, you know, if you haven't paid attention to the Sketch series, 
this is SketchF. It is actually a, a free mint for people who were holding other pieces within the Sketch series. I really like this one too. I think this one looks really cool. It's very different from the other sketches that they have. Like a lot of crazy diversity. I'm looking at number 23 versus number 24, for yeah. example. Interesting uh, diptych right there. Such a big week. I mean, I feel like we're not doing justice to keep to be pushing here, but I know we're getting close on time. But two other pieces just to mention in shout outs were Tuesday by Brennan Dawes and Twistings by Naughty Bremer. Twistings was Naughty's first piece on the platform. I think this also came shortly after our episode recorded last week. And it was kind of her take on something that was like a little less restrained, a little more open to randomness, just very freeform spirals. At first, I I uh, wasn't so sure on this one, but as I kind of checked it out and flipped through it, like there actually is a surprising amount of diversity in here in the way the pieces are constructed. And it's a really, really nice piece. Like, so it just feels weird that again, on any other week, I think this would have been easily in our, in our top five probably and being talked about more. And same thing for Tuesday by Brendan Dawes, who we talked about probably what, about two months ago now for his work, Nothing Remains, which was his first piece on the platform. Tuesday was a flat mint of 50 Tez and only 128 editions that did mint out and has some crazy consolidation amongst holders. Holding floor above mint, there's only 23 for sale. Only 14 have been sold, so really only a small portion of them actually made it onto the market in total. Again, another piece that I would have expected would have been in our <laughs> top five considering the artist, but just the week was just so big and we only can make these episodes so long. So sorry to relegate both of these to a shout out because I feel like we could have done a little more time on them. I like this one from Brendan. Like I actually almost thought it was like a Herbert Frank tribute. Oh yeah, I can see that. Like he just said, it's just uh, an idea he played with and found pleasing. So very nice, minimal generative piece and Chris and Carpe Diem as some others hold, hold a bunch of them <laughs> as expected so, yeah cool so yeah I mean we made it through do you want to say before you have to go to your meeting what you're looking forward to uh, well I mean I think there are a couple of drops that are within the queue already right uh, one we've already talked about Irrational Beauty which is coming out later today for the Herbert Frank tribute thing. Uh, a bunch of projects are releasing about that today. So Irrational Beauty, it's kind of doing what the Horizontis tried to do in terms of being a bunch of different algorithms in one piece. And I really like most, if not all of these algorithms quite a bit. And it's all based around the golden ratio of 1.618, including pricing, which starts at 618 and then reduces by like the golden ratio each tier until it hits 55 or 57. Yeah, interesting idea for the pricing. It's on theme. I'm not sure if it's a pricing structure that I would recommend. Nobody cares about pricing structure except for that's the market, right? It's just setting itself up to be a huge gas war at 55. Probably. By dropping it almost 100 tests between those two tiers. I get it 100%. I get it. It's thematic, but... I think it's going to be very frustrating. And I'll buy at a higher tier. I, if frustration is on theme, yeah, well, that's true. You could always just buy at 145. But 
I don't know. I just, we'll see. I'm not sure how this one's going to play out. Maybe it won't even make it to 55. But yeah, I'm very excited for that one. Obviously, the Flynn's coming today. Although I think that that one could get kind of low because there's so much stuff minting at the same time. Another piece that's coming up is The Fire Within by Yuen Lin. Yuen's been gone for a while. He's uh, back, though, with a shader piece. And this is a very painted... uh, It's inspired by traditional Chinese paintings. Uh, It's in the queue. It It releases just after this episode airs, like the day after. So go check it out. It's very cool piece and also only 48 dutch auction down at 12 so it feels like it could be a little low <laughs> as a starting point like this depending on how the market's feeling i could i could see this one minting out at the top tier i can see this getting minted out at the top tier and just 60 percent on the market right away yeah like tbd if that <clears throat> if it'll get absorbed but some of them are Just really depends. bad flipping through them. Yeah. It's really satisfying watching them animate actually and watching them kind of like fade and and fill. And it's, it's a really, really nicely made effect. Mm-hmm. And with some of like the more of the calligraphy, like stamping on them sort of. Yeah. The, um, the text. Yeah. Well, it'll definitely be talked about next week. And yes. another project we'll be talking about next week, <laughs> almost certainly is the upcoming tender collab with Robert Hodgins, Flight 404, uh, called Hollands. This thing looks crazy. It's crazy. It's not in the queue, so we can't really flip through it. Um, but there's a tender thread that shows some previews on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, some variations, yeah. I just wish I could keep on clicking the button and clicking the button. It's nuts. I'm not sure what the price is going to be, but I'm almost certain we'll be talking about this piece next week. Because just looking at the previews and, and what we've seen of it, it's like, it's pretty wild. I think just wrapping it up with uh, Platform OG, MJ Lindo has confirmed that, you know, like that plant-like project that we've been talking about in the past will be coming to FX Hash. It should be finished in the next week or so. The The tweet that you have linked here from October 5th, this is my favorite image of it by far. Which I would hope so because it's a work in progress and we're seeing the progression. So, Something about it, the way it kind of recedes and fades and the lack of definition and the emphasis on color, it's just mm-hmm. looks awesome. People are so talented. Yeah, Everybody we've talked about today is so talented. It's just nuts. We're coming up on one year in FX Hash and just the quality level. It's insane. And even just thinking about like this gen art within the NFT space thing overall, like Fidenza just had its one year birthday. It feels so long ago. Like when I came in, Fidenza felt like eons ago, but now it's just been a year. Oof, big week. We made it through. I knew this was going to be a big episode. There was too much art. We're not complaining. You might be complaining because you edit and you do a very good and thorough job of editing. Judicious. Judicious. I feel like our last few recordings, we've just been like, we've had a lot of meandering because we haven't had a lot to talk about. And so the cutting and the editing has been more like, it's been easy to get it tight. This one, I think, is not going to be close to an hour like some of the others have been. There's a, there's a lot that has to stay in. Episode 40, we're coming up on our anniversary. 
I know. What are we going to do? I don't know. Nothing. The same thing we do every week. Record the episode, do an FX <laughs> text article, tweet, get five new followers on Twitter. <laughs> you know, like it's the grind. We're also approaching 2000 on Twitter. It's been slow since 1500, but we're getting there. That's okay. We do it because we love the art, not because we love the dopamine hits of sales and Twitter followers, right? I like it all. I'll take I it like all. I like it all. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All right, Trinity. Well, thank you as always for recording. Going to be late for my stand up, and that's fine. It's Friday. We should just cancel our Friday stand ups anyway. It's all good. Thank you again, everybody, for listening. Please be sure to check out the FX Text article and collect if you enjoy it. Until next time.